welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Welcome and thank you for joining us as we continue with our series, We Are the Church. Now, what do we mean by we are the church? Well, we've really been looking at this moment in the life of Jesus where he says to his followers, I will build my church. And what did he mean by that? When he said church, what did he mean? See, you've got an idea around the word church. I've got an idea around the word church. But what did Jesus mean? when he said church. And what he meant was, he didn't mean a location, he didn't mean a building, no, he meant a people. And as he spoke about about his church being this people, he then goes on to say that we will be known, that, that, that his people will be known to be his people by the way that we love one another. And he doesn't leave it open-ended. He doesn't leave it kind of ambiguous. He, 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 he gets clear on what he means by, by the way that we should love one another. He says that we should love one another the same way that he has loved us. And that's where we're picking up on today is, is, is when we look at the love of Jesus, we, 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 we can recognize that sometimes his love gets uncomfortable. <laughs> sometimes his love can, 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 can seem to, to, to be a little bit messy. His, his love can, can seem to even at times appear to be a little inconsistent, uh, a, a little unfair. And, and as we look at the New Testament and as we look at the way that Jesus loved, we see all these things and it, it kind of creates this tension. And it's in these moments that we are tempted to, to resolve the tension or do away with the tension or explain the tension away. Because you see, Jesus seems to be in one moment forgiving and then hold everyone accountable in the same moment. He, he, he seems to be harsh and then at the same time kind straight after that. He, at times, he, he, he's quick to point out a person's sin and then other times it's like he ignores sin altogether. And ultimately it's what drove people crazy back then and it's what drives you and me crazy at times now. But ultimately Jesus was comfortable with it and Jesus functioned within that space. And we cannot and we should not ignore that tension. So yes, it is messy and yes, it is uncomfortable and it may even feel inconsistent and, 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 and quite honestly at times it may even feel unfair. But if we can acknowledge that tension and, and, and draw toward that tension, it can be absolutely life-changing for you and for me. Now one of Jesus' best friends, a, a guy by the name of John, uh, the Apostle John is kind of approaching the end of his life where we're picking up in the story and 
Uh, it's probably about 40 to 45 years after the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus, kind of the time that, that, that John got to spend on earth with Jesus. And he, he sits down to write down his account of what happened as he did life with Jesus. And, and as John sits down to write this, he, he describes Jesus as this word. It's like Jesus is like this word and, and this word stepped into our space and, and became flesh. And he dwelt amongst us. He, he lived amongst us. And, and it's like John is describing Jesus as this artist that, that, that he's, he's come and he's, he's, he's painted this picture. And as he's painted this picture and finished painting this picture, he, he ultimately steps into the picture. And as he steps into the picture, the people in the picture, they don't recognize him at all. They don't recognize him. In fact, they don't recognize he's the artist and they just kick him out of the picture. And there again is that tension within the life of Jesus that John describes. If we look in John chapter 1 and verse 14, John goes on to say this. He says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And what he's saying is that Jesus came and He, he camped out with us. He did life with us. And then he carries on and he says, we have seen his glory. And when he says we have seen his glory, he's not meaning like we, like you and me. He's talking about we, like him and the other disciples as they did life with Jesus. They got to, to see the way he lived and loved. And in that, they got to see his glory. He carries on the glory of the one and only son who came from the Father, and here's that key phrase that really describes that tension that you and I are wrestling with. Talking about Jesus, he says, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. And that is how Jesus loved. That is how Jesus lived. He, 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 he didn't have grace and he didn't have truth. No, he was full of grace and truth. And that is how he functioned. So he would look at the people that he engaged with and say, man, you're forgiven <laughs> and you're accountable. You're, you're, you're fine and you're broken. It's going to be okay. And you're going to have to work at it. No matter what, I love you. And you're accountable. And there's that tension that, 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 that we wrestle with. And the truth be told, guys and ladies, I know that you're just like me. We kind of lean one way or the other we kind of lean towards grace or we lean towards truth and it may even be because of how, how we were raised we may have been raised in a in like a grace home <laughs> or we were raised in a truth home and as a result we kind of gravitate towards one or the other but 
John is looking at us and, and he's going, no, 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 I, I spent time with Jesus. I did life with Jesus. I engaged with him on a daily basis. And what I saw as I engaged with him was not that he had grace and that he had truth. No, he was the fullness of grace and truth. In fact, if we consider grace and truth, John was saying he was full of grace and full of truth. He didn't just have it. He was full to the brim of both grace and truth. I want it to be one or the other. I want it to be grace or I want it to be truth. I struggle with the fullness of both. You know, when, it, when it's about me, when it's aimed at me, when it's pointed at me, I, I want it to be grace. But I want it to be truth when it's pointed at others. And I have a very sneaky suspicion that you find yourself in the exact same place. See, but Jesus was full to the very brim of both grace and truth. John goes on in, in verse 16 to say, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. So out of this fullness of Jesus, this grace and truth that he's full of, the fullness of who he is, we've all been given grace in place of grace already given. Like he's, he's fulfilled that on the cross. He made his grace available through his cross. Then he carries on in verse 17 and he says, for the law was given through Moses. And we know what that's all about. I mean, in your life, whether it was Charlton Heston or whether it was Christian Bale, like, you know, stone tablets, you know, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. We know, we know all about the, the law given through Moses. But he carries on and he says this. He says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And the word came is important because that word came means begotten. It means birth. It means originated from. So what he's saying here is that grace, this fullness of grace and truth was birthed and originated in Jesus himself. He's not saying he's the perfect balance between. No, he's saying he is the full measure of grace and the full measure of truth. See, Jesus was all of it, all of the time. When he approached a person, he approached that person full of grace and full of truth. When he approached the situation, he approached that situation full of grace and full of truth. He was grace and truth in a body. And we see it so clearly in the Gospels. We see it so clearly in the Gospels. There's this moment where, where Jesus approaches this, this 
this woman standing at a well. Now, she was a Samaritan woman. He was a Jewish man. And the truth be told, in, in, in Jewish law, it was, it was like illegal for a, for a Jewish man to interact with a Samaritan woman. And here Jesus walks up to her and he speaks to her. He says, hey, will you get me a drink of water? And in that moment, it was the most, it was, it was the most gracious thing that Jesus could have done to that woman. Like as he spoke to her, it was like she was experiencing grace in the moment. So she's blown away and she's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then he says to her, hey, why don't you go into town and go fetch your husband? And she looks at Jesus and says, oh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands and the guy that you're with now isn't even your husband. And essentially, Jesus in that moment is deeping, dipping into, into like the, the most hurtful place in her life. The, the most hurtful moments of her life. And he's bringing it up to the surface and he's, he's showing it to her. And he's bringing in that fullness of truth. And, and it may even have seemed cruel in the, in the moment. We might have been like, it's not a very pastoral thing to do. But here Jesus comes and he, and he brings this fullness of truth and presents it to her. And then he, he, he goes and does something incredible. And he essentially says to her, I am the son of God. He's never revealed this to anyone before this moment. He chooses a Samaritan woman to reveal the fact that he is the son of God. He's like, you know that Messiah you've been waiting for? Like, I'm him. And he doesn't leave it there. He then looks at her and he, he says, essentially, because I am the son of God, because I am this Messiah, it, in me, in me, I, I, man, I can quench that thirst in you. I can quench a thirst in your soul that nothing else can quench, not even the brokenness that we showed earlier on. None of these broken relationships could have filled it. None of these men, past, present or future, can fill it. No, 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 no. In me, there is a fullness of life and I can quench the thirst that you have had for the longest time. And he comes and he, he, he gives her the most incredible grace. I think of the life of, of Matthew, where Jesus engages with Matthew the very first time. I mean, he's a tax collector. Scripture even talks about, about tax collectors and other sinners. Like it was an insult to sinners to be lumped in with tax collectors. Like that's how badly tax collectors were despised. And Jesus walks up to Matthew and he says, Matthew, come, follow me. It's like Jesus walked up to him and said, Matthew, here's my grace. I mean, the other disciples were obviously freaked out and they were like, Jesus, understand that by calling this guy in, you are shattering our reputation. No one's going to take us seriously whatsoever. Jesus looks at them and, and he must have thought, man, if, if, if you guys only knew that 
this is not even close to hurting your reputation because tonight we're going to be having a meal at Matthew's house where they're going to be all these other sinners and as the party gets going and the music gets cranking it's just going to get even wilder and your reputation is going to be gone because I didn't come to protect my reputation no, I came to seek and to save that which was lost that's why I'm here in fact Jesus comes and presents truth once again and right in front of Matthew and all his friends he says I he says I, I did not come a, 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 a doctor a, 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 a healthy person does not need a doctor a sick pe person does and I can only imagine Matthew and his friends must have thought like, are you calling us sick? <laughs> but Jesus carries on and he, he says, I've not come for those who think they are righteous, but I've come for those who know that they are lost and in need of a savior, full of truth and full of grace. In the moment where Jesus is crucified, we see Jesus hanging between two men and through through throughout history we've kind of seen them as these thieves but they were so much more than just thieves they were the worst of the worst essentially Roman society had looked at them and said man you are so bad that that we cannot even send you to row in a Roman galley like we can't even trust you with that we can't even trust you to go and work in a mine to pay off your debt to society through labor no we can't trust you with that the only thing left to do with you is to stick you up on a cross for everyone to see make a public spectacle of you and kill you in the most gruesome way possible they were the worst of the worst and there's the best of the best hanging between these two men. And one of these men looks at Jesus and says, man, I deserve to be up here. I deserve what I'm, what's coming to me. And Jesus keeps quiet. <laughs> it's kind of like Jesus was saying, hey, you won't get an argument from me. I, 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 I tend to agree. Full of truth. But that man looks at Jesus and he says, he says, When you get to your kingdom, will you remember me? And Jesus responds full of grace and he says, when you breathe your last breath and I breathe my last breath, when the lights go out this side of eternity for you and for me, we will end up in the same place together. Today, you will be with me in paradise, full of grace, at which point if you know much about scripture you may be going whoa, whoa 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 if we're talking full of grace full of truth like this makes no sense like chapters earlier there was this young rich guy that comes up to you and says how do i inherit eternal life and and jesus is like well you need to go and sell everything that you own you tell one guy sell everything that you own and this other guy who's like the worst of the worst you're saying to him that 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 today you'll be with me in paradise i mean he's hanging on a cross like let's be honest like the the final whistle's already blown the 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 the, the siren's gone off uh, we're just waiting for the scrum half to kick the ball out of play and it's it's all over and he just gets in but this other guy's got to sell everything he has and there's that tension that we sit with
my favorite account that Jesus has with anyone is this woman caught in adultery where she's brought to Jesus and said, hey, the law says that she should be stoned. What do you say? And Jesus is like, okay, if you want to go with the law of Moses, then let's go with the law of Moses. Let's, let's start stoning her. Cool, let's do it. Let's, let's stone her. Is she guilty? Yes. Okay, truth. <laughs> she, she's guilty. Let's stone her. But if you haven't sinned, you kick us off. Like if you haven't sinned, if you've never sinned, you throw the first stone. By the way, she's naked and you're all men here. So if any of you haven't yet had a lustful thought, maybe, um, why don't you throw the first stone? And one by one, they leave and Jesus looks at her. And he says to her, I do not condemn you. I do not condemn you. But he doesn't leave it there. No. He continues. He says, now go and leave your life of sin. At which point we're like, wait, what? I don't condemn you. <laughs> now leave your life of sin. So which one is it? I don't condemn you? Or leave your life of sin to which Jesus would look at us and respond and say yes no but I, I don't understand is it is it is it is it grace or is it is it truth yes but but Jesus I mean you've just said you don't condemn but now you've brought in her sin did you really have to bring in her sin yes yes had to had to bring in the sin part well then how can you say that you don't condemn her because this is how i love i'm the embodiment of grace and truth full of grace full of truth and if you if you want to know what Jesus meant by what Jesus said, then you have to look at how Jesus loved. And when he said that we should love one another just the way that he loved us, then watch how he lived. So where does this leave you and me? Where does this leave us? I believe that right now Jesus asked two things from us through what we've spoken about here. When it comes to, to dealing with this grace, being full of grace and full of truth, and the two things is this, how does this apply to me and how do I apply this when dealing with others? And when it comes to the, to the me part, when it comes to the me part, when it comes to the you part, see, I, I have to recognize the truth that, that my sin caused damage between me and God. And, and you have to recognize the truth that your sin caused damage between you and God. And that Jesus' death on the cross 
is what provides the grace for you and for me to, to love the, the full life that Jesus offers to us. And when it comes to applying this to others, when dealing with other people, we need to embrace both grace, the fullness of grace and the fullness of truth and refuse to let go of either. You see, we don't ignore the sin and not but, there are no buts here. We don't ignore the sin and we give grace to figure out the way moving forward. We love like Jesus loved, full of grace and full of truth. I wonder today, what's your next step? What's your next step? Have, have you engaged with the truth and acknowledge the truth that your sin is what caused damage between you and God? Have you, have you accepted His grace for that moment that he, he extended to you and to me through His cross? If you haven't, then I so want to encourage you to say yes. To just say yes and, 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 and start a conversation with God. And it may mean that you need to start a conversation with someone else. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to reach out to us. Reach out to us right now across our social media platforms. Uh, if you're on church online, you can go and engage with someone right now. Uh, a little tab will pop up on your screen. But please make contact with us so that we can just walk this journey with you. We'd love to. Maybe when it comes to applying this in how we live and engage with others, you might be in a place where you need to start living out Jesus' grace and truth into the lives of others. Not, not one or the other, not, not grace or truth. Not a, not a good balance between like, I just get enough grace and I just get enough truth and I'm kind of just getting it balanced out. No, no, a full measure of grace with a full measure of truth. That we can love the people around us, that we can love one another the way that Jesus loved you and me, full of grace and full of truth. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that today you speak to us so clearly and that you ask us to love each other the way that you've loved us, Lord, and that you didn't love us half-heartedly, Lord, but that you gave us your very best, Lord that you gave us your fullness of grace and that you gave us your fullness of truth and that you loved us enough to approach us with the fullness of both. Lord, we're just so grateful. We're just so grateful that today we can take the way that you've modeled loving us and that we can look at the people around us, Lord, 
and that we can set out to love each other that way. Lord, I thank you that we can say yes to the truth of, 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 of your love, that we can say yes to the grace that you've extended to us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that, that, that we can take that model that you gave us in how to love one another and that we can really search your heart to find that fullness of grace, that we can search your heart to find that fullness of truth and that we can love one, one another in that way. I thank you, Lord, that as we do this, Lord, that you will guide us, direct us as we navigate through this tension, that we can ultimately be an accurate representation of your Son, Jesus. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before we close off, we'd love to just give you three questions to keep the conversation going. Question number one is, which way do you naturally lean? We all have one. Which way do you naturally lean? Grace or truth? Question number two is, how has this affected your relationships in the past? How has this affected your relationships in the past? And then thirdly, what steps do you believe you need to take to love the way that Jesus loved, full of grace and full of truth? Why don't you start this conversation with the people in the room with you right now? It was great being with you again this Sunday. We look forward to connecting with you again next week as we start to wrap up this series. Uh, we love you. If you need to connect, please do so. We are there for you and uh, we've got people who would love to just journey with you. Uh, so as for this week, have a great week. We love you. Bye. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.